Church, I believe God is going to speak to you. Romans chapter 8 is all about sonship and an orphan. And another name for orphan is a slave. And it is what it is. We know what slavery does. It's from a, it's a spirit of hell. The enemy has people that are slaves going to church every Sunday because they're living as an orphan in their mind. And you could be raised by great parents and have an orphan mindset in Christ. Here's the promise in Romans 8, verse 15, for you did not. Any believers in the house? You know what? If you're not a believer today, God loves you so much. And at the end of this message, you're going to be invited to come into the greatest life you could ever have that no man could ever take from you. Because if God is for you, who or what can be against you? And the Apostle Paul is writing, hey, when you receive Jesus into your life, you, you did not receive slavery, a spirit. Notice it's a spirit. Orphan is a spirit. You did not receive the spirit of slavery, which causes you to fall back into fear. Because when you're a slave to something, every, all of your actions are out of fear. But you have received the spirit woo, of adoption. What is adoption? That means I want you, I want you, I want you. My children didn't have a choice about being me being their father. They were born into my family given the Schatzline name, whether they like it or not. But when you're adopted, you're chosen. Me? No, surely you want the other guy in the, in the orphanage. You don't want me. They're smarter. They're this. And the guy goes, no, 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 no. I want you. I want you. And guess what? The name? I'm going to give you my name. That's above every name. The name of Jesus. That gives you access into every situation where you say, in the name of my family, Jesus. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. That's why that name gets you access. Just like if I'm in the middle of an appointment and one of my kids were to call and having trouble and I'm in the middle of an appointment here at the church and, and they call and say, I've got to talk to my dad. Guess what? Because of their name, that appointment can be interrupted because that name that they have called Chatsline gets them access into anything from, with me. The name that you've been given gives you access into any place at any time. He says you haven't received the spirit of slavery and to fall back into sin, I mean into fear, because fear will keep you from ever operating in faith. But you have received the spirit of adoption whereby, look, let me put it in my language. You could say, Dad, every day, Dad, Father, our Father which art in heaven, not just Jesus' Father, He's our Father. In heaven, come close. Today we're going to talk about moving from the orphanage to the palace. No more orphan Annie tomorrow, tomorrow. No believer ought to cross their fingers and eat Lucky Charms every morning, hoping and rubbing a rabbit's foot that something good's going to happen tomorrow. When you know you've been born into a family, into a kingdom, into a palace, I'm here to tell you, be done with the orphanage. Be done with orphan thinking because it will cause you to act up. 
The most dangerous dad is an orphan dad because he'll raise orphan kids. The most dangerous husband or wife is an orphan marriage. The most dangerous person sometimes is dad of an orphan at work because they don't even know how to have a relationship. Because as an orphan, you don't trust anybody. So you live with a knife in your pocket, or really your mouth, it's your tongue, that hurts and cuts, and it's this mad cycle of drama. But we are adopted and sons of God. John 4 also tells us this. Write this scripture down, then I'll let you be seated. Check this out, the very next scripture, I think. Yeah, 1 John 4, which I love 1 John 4. It says, there is no fear in love. There is zero fear in the love of God. I'm not talking about boyfriend, girlfriend, even marriage. I'm not talking about, I'm talk, not talking about human love. There is no fear in agape love from God. But his perfect love, which means there's no imperfection in God's love. God knows how to love you. But perfect love casts out what? All fear. If you're going to shift from orphan to son, you've got to let love fill you. And guess what? Love is not an it. It's a person. God doesn't have love. He is love. And when the spirit of love, God himself, comes to dwell in your mortal bodies, you are changed from glory to glory to glory. You no longer orphan as a, you no longer parent as an orphan. You no longer are married as an orphan. You're no longer a teenager looking at Facebook and Snapchat wondering who likes me, who doesn't like me, who's doing this. You no longer worry. You get freed from the fear of people and what people think. Because people's opinions don't pay your bills. People's opinions don't do what need to happen in your life. And as long as you're listening to other people's val has no value their opinion, you'll never be what God's created you to be. But the moment you stand straight up, in spite of how intellectual you are, in spite of the color, the race of your skin, and the color of who you are, in spite of everything that's happened in your past, you've decided to disconnect from the past and connect and partner with your future self. And last time I checked, your future self looks pretty stinking good. Quit having a relationship with your past. Step into your sonship. You don't have to sit at the kids' table. You sit at the king's table. You don't have to eat leftovers. And you don't have to have hand-me-downs. You have the finest robes made for a son and daughter. Perfect love casts out all fear. For, fear. for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not what? Look at that again. Whoever fears has not been. That is really about shifting from orphan to son. I promise you it doesn't happen through one sermon or somebody laying their hands on you. It happens through allowing the Spirit of God to come in, the love of God to change you.
Verse 19, help me say it. We love because. So because he first loved us, what do we do? Read it again. Because he first loved us, what does that help me do? Can I just say love some unlovely people? Love some some ridiculous folk. Love some folk that don't get you because they didn't get Jesus. Love the person who abuses you at work. Love the person who mistreats you. Love the husband who hasn't had a revelation of who God is yet. Why? Because he loved this mess. While I was unlovable and still at times am. Let's pray. Father, speak to us today. Your word. Change us by your power, O Lord. In the next few moments, every guest that is here, every person that's watching online, touch. Touch my heart, Lord. I ask as we end this series, Holy Spirit, that you would put a Holy Ghost cap sealed by the Holy Spirit upon everyone that listens to this word today. Thank you that we are done with the orphanage. We're done with strife and jealousy and envy. We put ourselves on the altar for healing. Heal the brokenhearted. Heal the hurting. Heal the orphan. And let us awaken to our adoption in Jesus. We pray this now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Come on, one more time, lift it up to him. Come on, let's just thank him before we even receive. Lord, thank you. Come on, thank you for being a son right now. Right now. You may be seated. From slavery to sonship. There's something huge that you have to understand. And I'm going to move through. Uh-oh, it went back. I'm going to move through this as quick as possible. There's something you have to understand about an orphan heart. Amen, Brother Ben. That we have to understand is that 1 John 4, it says perfect love cast out all fear. You see that? That's not talking about you come to the altar, I lay hands on you, or a preacher lays hands on you, and all of a sudden says fear goes. can't cast it out the word perfect love the word cast out perfect love cast out all fear means displaces and you have to understand an orphan heart cannot be cast out it must be displaced that is a huge point because an orphan has a heart of one that I can't trust I'm hurt I've been rejected I'm insecure so you don't just you can't cast something out without putting something in. An orphan heart must be replaced. Fear must be replaced by something. And the only thing that replaces fear is love. So an orphan mindset has to make a decision to let somebody love them. More importantly, to let the only love that can replace fear, and that's God's love. 
They have to make up their mind today, even being the last message of this series. Many of you have come to me and said, man, I didn't realize I have so much orphan in me. Well, guess what? Me too. I've sat and wept over some of these messages. And I was raised in a pretty healthy family. As we went through the 20 differences the last couple of weeks, man, half of them, I said, oh, Lord, I've got some of that in me. I don't know about anybody else. The answer to an orphan heart is not a one-time love affair with Jesus. It's not a one-night stand. It's not even a service. It's not even where the music and the choir gets to a certain level, and I start crying, and I go, oh, I feel good now. There's a difference between an experience and an encounter. An experience is something that you could come in, and somebody could be worshiping, and you simply smell their alabaster box, but it wasn't yours. You can mooch off of somebody else's experience or even his presence in a room, but what happens after you leave the room is what matters. And that when you go home and you operate in life, that you don't go back to an orphan mindset, which that is it's filled with fear. It's, oh, no, what's going to happen to me? It's a life that's absent of love, not because it wants to be. It's a life that has never been loved correctly. The orphan spirit is ruling so strong in this nation right now. It's why our nation is filled with fear. And we're looking to everything and even every sin to numb it. If I just do this, I'll feel better. Can I tell you, sin does feel good. I didn't say that. The Bible says it. The Bible says that sin is very pleasurable. It will make you feel good. It says for a season. But what the enemy don't tell you, but the word does, is that sin will write you a paycheck. The Bible says for the wages, every Friday or once a month, you get a paycheck called wages. Sin will write you a paycheck you can't, you can't cash. The only thing that can cash your paycheck is the blood of Jesus for your sin. And when you live in fear, you'll actually be drawn to toxic things in your life that will keep you as an orphan and not realizing. I said it before, the worst thing in the world is to know, you're a, or, or to, to know that you've been adopted, yet you're still living in the orphanage. The doors are wide open. Why does a woman stay with an abusive husband? Why does people stay in toxic relationships? Can I present to you that it may not just be the bad guy? There comes a time for you to take responsibility. I want to give you these seven truths to help you shift. I love it that God is a God of steps. Anybody need steps? Like, am I the only one? Like, I, I, I'm a step guy. I'm like, give me action steps. And I love it that through the word of God, you can see that God just doesn't show up and go, boom, okay, it's all good. No, you can see in the Old Testament and New Testament, God is a God of order. He's the best business person in, ever. 
You don't get rich by accident. You don't live a life that is prosperous by accident. It takes action steps. It takes, let me put it in biblical terms, it takes obedience. And God, throughout the word of God, would give men and women of God, do this first, do this first. And I love that because that's what I need. Like, between my current reality, between my current reality and my result, I need to know know how to get there. So I'm going to give you seven steps, truths, that's either going to make you angry as an orphan or you embrace them and know that this is the answer for me making today's moving day. Today's moving day. You know why? You're not created to be an orphan. In fact, some of you that are even up in years, you think you're done and you're not done. Number one, it all starts here. Forgive your parents for misrepresenting the father's love to you. It's mighty quiet. Forgive your parents for misrepresenting. Some of you, and I'm just talking from my heart, some of you were raised by parents that were too young to have you. Okay, let's use our brain a little bit today, all right? They were too young. They had you at a young age. They were still kids. And sad to say, you took the brunt of their immaturity. Sad to say, some of them still have not grown up today. But for you to keep harboring unforgiveness toward your parents means you have not received forgiveness from Jesus. The first step is forgiving whoever watched over your care that made mistakes, that mistreated you, that misrepresented what a a godly parent looks like. Hear, O daughter, and consider and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house. And the king will desire your beauty, since he is your Lord. Bow to him. I began to read that, and the Lord began to speak to my heart. There's some people that need to forget some things that took place and give it to God. Forget your father's house. That's not, I'm not talking about stuff that happens to you that you just all of a sudden have amnesia. That's not true. You don't really forgive and forget. I'm here to tell you that's really not true. You're you're here to forgive and get your mind sanctified and get your mind healed to move from an orphan mindset about your parents and your family. I found out a long time ago, you don't really hold grudges. Grudges hold you. The first step to stepping in to All that God has for you is to forgive your parents. You have to do that. Forgiving your earthly parents is critical to becoming a son and daughter. For when you've rejected your natural parents, you're also rejected 
the attitude of a son and daughter and became a spiritual orphan. And we could sit and collaborate and discuss that, but I'm telling you, out of 30 years of pastoring, this is true. That not only do you forfeit because of what happened with parents or whoever looked after you, you end up throwing the baby out with the bathwater. This is good. You have to realize the trauma is not your fault, but healing is your responsibility. What happened? It wasn't your fault. And again, as we've talked about this series, there's two triangles. There's a drama triangle and an empowerment triangle. And if, if you live as an orphan, every time you hear a sermon, every time you hear truth, you will go to the drama triangle, which is a victim, a villain. You've got to hurt somebody back. Or you've got to play the hero in every situation to make yourself feel better. You can... Sit and beat yourself up and say, well, I'm, I'm this way because I'm an orphan because of this happened to me because of them, 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 them. Can I tell you, I'll hold you for a minute, then I'll look at you and say, stop it. What happened to you is not your fault. The trauma, the situation, the abandonment, how you were left, it's not your fault. But you have to choose and take responsibility not to live there. And you have to take responsibility to allow Abba Father to heal your heart. Is this making sense? Tell somebody beside you, take responsibility. You see, you can't come up here and me anoint you with oil and cast out your hurt. Your anger. But, Pastor, I know the whole but. It's, it's probably five chapters. I'm not discounting your but, your story, your abuse, and your hurt. I'm here to tell you, like a dad, you can't live there any longer. You know why? God ain't going to let you. The reason I've done this series is to make sure you have no more excuses. That's the reason why I've done these 10 weeks is I've made it so plain so that when you go out there and act like an orphan, when they put pickles on your Chick-fil-A sandwich and you act like an orphan, you think pickles on my sandwich. Yes, you respond the way that you do because you're an orphan. You don't know how to show anybody grace for putting pickles on your sandwich. And more than likely, you're acting like your parents and your grandparents And these generational things have been passed down because you've decided that your family house is in the orphanage. When the Bible says he's prepared a place for us, that even on this earth, we're allowed to reign in his kingdom now. Somebody say, I am not an orphan. The first truth is forgive. In fact, the first two. It's all about forgiveness. Boy, if this nation would practice this. But I have an excuse. Yes, you do. But it's going to kill you. I don't like them because, okay. I don't like them because they use me. 
You know what Jesus told me? I was in the middle of studying for the series, and I was kind of wanting to get a little pouty with God because of things myself of, man, I've helped a lot of people, God, and where are they now? You know what Jesus told me? He wanted to say, suck it up, buttercup. Because some folks just need to be hurt, need to hear that. Suck it up, buttercup. Pastor, that's so insensitive. No, I'm making warriors here, not wimps. I'd rather have 100 warriors in this sanctuary than 1,000 wimps that runs every time the battle starts. Because you won't make it to heaven in the last days. You know what God told me? Never heard God say this to me. Scott. Where were all the people I healed and touched while I was on the cross? I went, what? He said, I touched thousands, and the only people that showed up at the cross was my mama and a couple other folk. Can I tell you, you need to understand who your real circle is. Some of you are trying to be friends with people that won't show up at your cross. You're trying to please people that will never be there when you're hanging and you're beaten and you're bruised because they just want something from you. But there is one, his name is Jesus, that sticks closer than any brother. why Jesus in John 6 could look at the disciples when everybody left him and he quit playing Santa Claus. He had just fed 5,000 people, a huge, massive church, thousands. But the moment he said, eat my flesh and drink my blood, which basically means, hey, I'm not here to be Santa Claus or a vending machine. In order for you to have a relationship, you've got to drink my flesh, eat my blood. It, it meant you've got to receive me and eat me. You've got to have me as your own. The moment he said that, everybody went, hmm, I'm going to try that church everybody else is going to. Because they'll preach something that's easy. They'll, they'll preach a gospel of convenience. They'll preach a gospel that doesn't tell me I have to take up my cross every day and die and follow him. I'd rather hear a preacher telling me that than a pastor telling me i got to deal with issues in my life. Hit somebody say, deal with the issues. I'd love to say that we can have an altar call right now, lay hands on every one of you, and all of it just goes away. But it doesn't work that way. You're a human being. The Spirit of God comes into your life as a believer, and you either allow him to work or you tell him to shut up. You can't get healed till you know you need it. Trauma is not your fault. What happened to you is not your fault. I'll give you that. I'll buy you lunch on that one. But I will tell you from right now, from this moment on, your healing is your responsibility for allowing God to touch you and quit telling stories of the past and making yourself out to be a victim any longer. This is how you grow a church. Number two, everybody said number two. Now this one, oh no. So number one, we forgive our parents but number two, ask your parents to forgive you for the way you disappointed them. Hold up, Pastor. Hold on up. Hold that thing for a minute, son. Uh-uh. 
cannot wait to see what happens in 2020 in this church, in some of you, because you're going to a place you've never been, because you're not taking bags out of 2019 into 2020. You're going to be carrying new bags filled with riches, not filled with hurt and pain any longer. Come on, say amen. You telling me I need to now go and ask my parents? Sometimes we don't realize that when we hold unforgiveness, we really end up doing stupid stuff. That's all I know how to say here. Well, pastor, they, 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 well, even if they were 98% wrong, you need to ask forgiveness for the 2%. There's a word that's a very spiritual word called restitution. It's an amazing word. It's a word that really, if you look at it in the right perspective, it's really not for them, it's for you. That even though you got hurt by whoever in your life, you know there were some things you said that you should have never said, and you forgot that you said them. You forgot how you responded to your parents who you're supposed to honor no matter what there. It didn't say honor the mother and father if. So the enemy is like, yeah, baby, I got both sides. The parents are jacked up and the kids are jacked up, but the best part, they don't even know they're jacked up and they go to church every Sunday because they have never went back and got restitution and made things right. Going to somebody, even when you think they mostly did you wrong and asking forgiveness, is powerful. I'm not talking about false humility. Because usually in every situation, both people are wrong. Even if you were provoked to do the wrong. Your answer from shifting from orphan to the palace for 2020 is forgiving your parents. Everything starts with forgiveness, the first two. Forgiving your parents, and some of you need to call your parents today. Some of you need to recontact people that you thought it was all them, but you were a part of it. I'm preaching good today. I'm telling you something that I practice. I'm not perfect, but I'm telling you, God has had me go back. When I could have sat there all day long and said, but, 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 but. And God said, no, 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 no. You forgot the wrong you've done. You forgot the disrespect that you have shown them. Not even buying them a, a birthday gift. Because you so stubborn. Such a big baby. So immature. Well, they didn't get, I ain't buy. They didn't call, I ain't call it. I don't care if it's Mother's Day, it's Father's Day, Planet Day. I ain't. And you don't understand, you're harboring bitterness. And you're right, yet you've become wrong. And I'm telling you today, by the Spirit of God, number one, forgive those who've hurt you and misrepresented God to you. Can I tell you, your parents are not God. Forgive them today. Let your parents go. Let the people who raised you go. Let the man who did that go.
How? It can only be displaced with God's love. Fear can only be displaced by perfect love. You can move to the other side of the planet, and it will go with you. You could say, I'll never talk to them again. Yet, you'll wake up with the Goliath beside your bed. And then when you have kids, you'll probably reap what you're sowed. And the very things you're doing to your mom and dad because they were ignorant. You realize sometimes the very thing you hate, you will become. When you rejected your father and mother, you may also, you may have also rejected the spirit of sonship and not know it. And this is why the very symptoms that you have with your family are at church. This is why you struggle with bosses at work, and it's always their fault. This is why you struggle with the policemen and women, because it's always their fault. This is why you struggle with teachers, it's always their fault. And then you end up defending your child to the teacher Teachers are going through hell right now because they can't ever be right, just like police officers. You know why? you got orphans raised in orphans, and orphans will believe each other and gang up on the person. And then you probably sometimes say something so stupid that you get your foot in your mouth after you find out the facts. Because orphan will absolutely make yourself look like a fool. What you don't realize is as you reject natural authority in your life, that same spirit will cause you to reject spiritual authority. You won't trust pastors. You won't trust leaders. You'll post on Facebook everything bad about anybody. Here's some questions. Are y'all getting something? I don't want to preach this, I promise. Like, I've been sick all week long, and I asked the Lord, Lord, please, we'll just have somebody else fill in. And the Lord said, you're going to go if they have to roll you on the platform. So I promise you, I'm giving you this because your life is going to be changed in the next couple months. That's not an empty promise or a Pentecostal promise. That is the truth of God's word. If you let God deal with you, he can heal you. So here's questions. You may want to take a screenshot of these and take them to your prayer closet. Just a thought. I do that all the time, every conference I go to and stuff. Who do you need to forgive? Holy Spirit, tell us. Who do you need to ask for forgiveness? Who do you need to go to and say three words? They're the hardest words in the English language nowadays. I was wrong. What I did to you, what I said about you, I actually even believed them and took their side about you, and I was wrong. 
You thought because you took it to God, it's all done. No, I believe in restitution. I believe in humbling your rear end and going and telling somebody, I talked about you. Please forgive me. I believed the fool about you, and that wasn't your heart. I even left this church because of what they were saying. I'm glad somebody likes it. Whose mission do you need to become subject to? Yes, subject. It's a good word. It's biblical. In order to bring healing, freedom, and release into your family and relationships. Do you think it would help your relationship if you went to your mom and dad and asked them to forgive you for the way you have, you have or disappointed them? Thank you. Number three is right there. You can take a picture of that. I got a clicker now. I'm in control. This sermon goes as long as I want it to go. And I have a hundred slides today in the palm of my hand. There's three. There's four. I mean, I'm just straight. This is almost like Bible school right here. This is just, just get what's being said. Trust me. Here, 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 you ready for the next one? Number three. After you have forgiven mom and dad, after you've went and asked people, things, family to forgive you, because you've stopped inviting them over, and you're going to just go to your grave because they didn't like your chili. Am I being too hard? I'm sick, so I get hard when I'm sick. Hit somebody, say, hit somebody beside you and say, grow up. You know, come on. We men, we got hair under our arms, all right? We got to grow up. The first two takes one big word, by the way. You need to write this down on the first two. Humility. There is no way to ask your parents to forgive your parents, and there's no way to ask them to forgive you if you don't humble yourself and put on the garment of Jesus, who is the spirit of humility found in Philippians. Number three, now you're able to focus on being a son or daughter. You cannot be a great father till you're a great son. You cannot be a great daughter, I mean a great mother, until you are a great daughter. And I'm not just talking about biological. But I'm telling you, earthly is first. How do I know? Jesus, he represented it. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural. Paul talks about this. Some folks are trying to pastor before they pastor their own family. Some folks are trying to father everybody else's kids but their own. And I'm telling you, it starts at home, church. God bless Daystar, but this is a building. Because if you will be a a father or a son or whatever at home first, you will see the spiritual happen. Paul says, make sure you're taking care of the natural first. And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell into the wilderness? Jesus modeled Jesus' whole life. He talked about being a good son first to his natural parents. 
into his heavenly father. Did he not? Was Jesus always talking about being a good son? Yes. What thoughts do you think arise when your name is mentioned in a room? The Bible says that I will give account for you if you're part of this congregation. The Bible says, and I know pastors use this as an ego trip, you either got to know Scott or not, but the Bible does tell me that I'm either going to look at God and say, Woo, it was really tough pastoring them. Or I'm going to say, the Bible says, I will say it was a joy to be their pastor. Does your pastor think, yes, their heart is given to bringing honor and blessings to others? Or does your pastor go, oh, no, them again? Now, an orphan right now is getting upset in this room. I'm going to expose the devil. I love it. An orphan right now, because of that last part. Fine. I ain't never calling his office again. Fine. That is nothing but drama triangle orphan. That is victim. I said it last week. Can your wife tell you the truth as a man? Can your husband tell you the truth? Kids, teenagers, can your mom and dad tell you the truth? without you going drama. Because nowadays what happens with blended families is we use guilt as teenagers because they're not my real dad. And because mom feels guilty for getting a divorce, she tries to be your friend more than your parent. And what you're doing is learning manipulation at a high level as a teenager. And you will do it to your husband or wife. I don't know about y'all, but when I think about all of y'all, I just get warm fuzzies. (laughs) Oh, Pastor Appreciation Month was last month. Here we go. All right. What thoughts do you think arise when your name is mentioned? With your boss. Are you seen at work as someone who chooses to stoop underneath and push up people? doing everything to honor others, them, to succeed? Or does your boss seek to avoid you when you walk in the room? Do they always avoid your phone call and your text? I'm just thinking out loud. Next one. Are you an orphan with your own mission? Because an orphan is all about themselves. Now, if they got skin in the game, they are all in. If they get recognized at church, if they get a solo, if the pastor doesn't walk past them, if they didn't get left out to an invitation to the Christmas party, are you a son or daughter committed to the mission as a body. 
You know, you've heard me say it before, and I know these sermons have been so raw lately. I would be glad to hand this mic to anybody right now, and you'd be the pastor. And I would be the best church member in the world. I would be here at 945 every Sunday, or 915, Pastor Andrew, for prayer. Got to tote it. We went to the ball game last night, and some person behind Ethan. Ethan's here from California. It's good to have him now. And, and he's lived in California so long, he's forgot how to speak Southern. So, so somebody was behind us yelling, you got to tote it. Let him tote it. Let him tote it. And he said, what are they just hollering, tote it? He's talking about carrying the ball. Give it to Nige. Give it to Nige. He said, tote the rock. Got to tote it. Got to tote it. They just scream, got to tote it. Turn and tell somebody, you got to tote it, baby. Got to tote it. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, how can you be a spiritual father if you're not fathering at home? I've asked some of you to show up for Wednesday night class, and you've yet to listen to me. But you want me to counsel you. I'm done. I'm done. I am not going to keep counseling people that don't listen to the counsel. If you don't decide to move from the orphanage and quit using victim of your last husband, you're trying to make your new husband pay for what your last husband did. You're taking out on your new husband because of what he did to you in the last marriage. That ain't right. You're trying to take it out on Pastor Scott, what your last pastor did. Folks are slowly leaving the room right now. Slowly leaving the room. Y'all wave at me and let me know you love me. Did we receive tithing offering? Okay. All right. I, I, I want people to, I want them to go ahead and talk because they're already talking on Facebook about me. That's all right. Are you faithful in another man's vineyard? If you're an usher, a greeter, a choir member, whatever you're doing, and everybody, if you're a part of this, you should be serving in an area of ministry. 100%. Or don't tell me you're a member of this church. You're pimping Sundays is what you're doing. You're coming to church, getting what you need, and you're going back out. And I promise you, you're reaping what you're sowing. Amen, Brother Ben. Are you faithful? If you're asked to be an usher and asked to be here at 915, do you get here at 930 every time? But if you were in charge, if you're not faithful in little, I'm even talking on your job. If you're always stealing pens and papers from your job and, and, and think they belong to you, the Holy Ghost is talking. Tell somebody, quit stealing stuff from, shirt, from, from your workplace. Because God sees it. We're going to have so many views on Facebook. And that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own place? Well, I can't wait till I have my own ministry. Ew. Yuck. My own business. 
Well, I'll remind you the law of sowing and reaping is real. However you're treating your boss, even if they are a horrible Saul, God even told David, don't touch Saul. Are you still to honor a boss that is horrible? Yes. Be subjected for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Whether it be the emperor, president, Obama, (laughs) president, Trump, Mayor Maddox, your Christian views are not to come from your politics. Your politics are to come from your Christian views. I don't need a donkey or an elephant because I got the lamb. Now, some of you may be getting offended at that. I haven't taken anybody's side because I don't. All of them crazy. But I don't post on a Facebook when President Obama was in office. President Trump, President Bush, and speak ill of my leader, Act 16. I can disagree. I gotta, I'm coming to that anyways. Subject to governors, sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. <laughs> Read. Live as people who are free, whether you're free or not. Jesus made all of us free. Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Don't use Christianity for your political party. But living as servants of God. Honor, 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 if. I'll never forget when President Obama got elected. I'm just saying it all today because I don't feel good. Um, it's, I'm blaming it on drugs. It's all on drugs. If you're watching, it's all on drugs. I got so much medicine in me, I don't even know what's going on. I'm like, hey, praise the Lord, everybody. But I'm not Jim Jones, I promise. All right, so. I'll never forget when President Obama got elected in 2008. Right? 2008, yeah. First Sunday after he got elected. I was, Lord help me here. I was so proud, number one, that an African-American did get elected. Okay? Can I say that without anybody leaving the church? Because I said all this that I'm about to say, and many people left the church in 2008. 
200 and something people left me. They left me because of one statement. That Sunday I said, let's pray for our president and let's bless him. And they walked out of the church. The Bible says I'm to bless everybody. It even says bless those who curse you. It broke my heart. Because many of us are getting our Christianity from our politics. If it's what my party believes, that's who I am as a Christian. Can I tell you that's wrong? It's mighty quiet. You're white. You must be Republican. (laughs) Can I tell you, you're 100% wrong. Can I tell you, I didn't even vote in the last election. Oh, my God. Can I tell you, I don't need you to come up and preach at me. Because I believe in voting in every election, but I took it to Jesus. And I couldn't vote. It's funny, we defend our party and talk about what the party is doing that's sinful. But in our party, nothing is sinful. You know why we're like this as Americans? It starts with the word O. We're orphans. We don't look to God as our father. We look to man. We look to Washington, D.C. Can I tell you? It's going to get messy in the next 12 months. And if God's people don't humble themselves and pray and repent and look to God, I say we just start a new party. Take the good stuff of the Republicans. Believe it, there are good stuff. Don't shake your head at me. Yes, there is. Because I will debate you in a minute. I think we all can agree we don't want to kill babies. Then we're going to take the great stuff of Democrats. Yes, there is. There is. There's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Called like defending every life outside the womb, too. Not profile people. Blow up the rest of it, bring it all together, and start the Jesus party. Who wants to start it with me? Who will be part of my council? Let's do this thing together. Come on. Let's do it. Let's mess up all of America. Let's just start a brand new party. I guarantee you there's millionaires waiting to give money toward that party. Like no joke. And the whole party is going to be based off of one word that will save America. Love. A campaign off of love. Tell somebody, honor all people. Whether you like them or not, whatever color skin they are, whatever political party they are of. Do you honor your spouse and children or do you inflict emotional pain on them with weapons of dishonor? Y'all thought I was almost done. Do you honor the waitress at the restaurant? But because she put lemon in your water, which you asked three times, and she came with an attitude, I'll show her. 
Do you tip 20%? You should always, or you don't have money to go out to eat. If you don't have money to tip, you don't have money to go eat. Gonna be at the table. Oh, glory, God. Oh, God. Woo. The Holy Ghost. Woo. The Holy Ghost. Waitress hears all that, comes and look. Didn't even leave me a tip. And sitting there speaking in tongues at the table. Oh, I'm preaching good. Click. No, we almost. The checkout clerk at the grocery store. Do you honor them? No, she got an attitude. You're a Christian. Those who deliver your mail. Those who pick up your garbage. No, they always spill it. Those who babysit your kids. Trust me. You better pay good. Your kids, she whiz. They act totally different when you're not around. I'm telling you right now. That's why you can't ever text her anymore. She won't answer. Do you honor your coworkers, including those under your authority? Number four, forgive spiritual and governmental authorities. What was number one? Forgive mom and dad. What was number two? Maybe ask mom and dad for forgiveness. What's number three? What's number three? Focus on being a son and a daughter. A godly Christian. Number four, forgive spiritual and governmental authorities. Let every person, Paul writes, be subject to the governing authorities. Whether it's President Trump, President Obama, or Fred Flintstone. For there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Stop. Do you know what the context of that scripture was written behind? Paul wrote this to the church at the most gruesome time in the church when Caesar, when the leader, the president, was the most abusive leader you could ever be underneath. Paul was telling, go study it, the church. They were killing Christians. They were doing horrific, horrific things to people. And Paul says, you still honor them. It's what the Word of God says. Paul's writing it. I don't think it's, is it, I've run out of slides. What happened? What happened? That's the last one. The devil. Y'all know in the Pentecostal church we got to blame everything on The devil is in the remote control. He don't want me to finish this message. Can y'all find the rest of them? Hand me my notes there. there. Fine. You asked for it. I got it. I'm devil. No. Here we go. All right. 
I do like having a clicker, though. Now, give me my other notes. What page are we on, y'all? So Paul says, be subject. Look at God. Number five is the number of grace. He was trying to emphasize. Some of y'all needed to wait on number five. Wait on the Lord. The fifth truth from, and I only have seven, don't get, to go from orphanage. Think about all the ones we've already mentioned. Some of y'all got some work to do. Oh, I believe in grace, though. Stop it. God forgave me. My parents forgave me. No, God is telling you to go to your parents. God is telling you to go to your boss. Why? For your own good. Things are being held up in the heavens for you until you do some of these steps. Some of y'all need to come and ask forgiveness to me. Because you believe somebody. And it's a lie. You may need to seek forgiveness from those in authority. Your boss, leaders, around you, speaks for itself. Not only do you need to forgive authority, but you need to go to your authority and say, I was wrong. I talked about you in the lunch break room. Shaw did. You want to bring revival to your workplace? Try that. Try going to your supervisor and watch promotion come upon your life. Number six, denounce ungodly beliefs and hidden lies of orphan thinking. Whatever lies the enemy's been telling you about being an orphan, get rid of them today. Get rid of them today and know that you are a son of God. Check this next scripture out. I don't know if you guys have the scripture or not, but the proverb says, as a man thinketh, thinketh, so is he. In other words, if you are always thinking orphan, you will live orphan. You will, your home will be, a, you will never believe that you have, you're made for more. Because of the lies of the enemy. And the next scripture in Corinthians says, you've got to cast down vain imaginations. That exalts itself, Corinthians 10, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's a great scripture to remember right now. And the last one, last truth, enter into your inheritance. My question to you as I close, what are you missing out on because some of these six or these these other six steps need to be taken care of? I know this is raw. It's all right. Who in here, one of those six steps, really talked to you, and you gotta, you got to get it right? Is that all? Seriously? More like it. I'm just telling you all, until we get vulnerable at church, revival's not coming. Until we see each other's poop, it ain't happening. I'm not trying to be gross. I'm being real. We need to, I'm just telling you, until we understand we all need Christ, 
as long as you're defending your wrong behavior, you'll never go where God wants you to go. As long as you say, well, I treat her that way because she treats me. Well, I do that to my parents because of what they did. No. We need to repent. Forgive. Some of you need to change your circles of who you're hanging with. Because if you're not the smartest one in the room, you're in the wrong room. If you're in a room where everybody's just like you, you're probably in the wrong room. If you're in a room where everybody has to agree with you, you're in the wrong room. If you can't sit at a table and disagree with people and have healthy disagreement, then you're probably not healthy. If nobody can disagree with you at work, if your wife or your kids can't disagree with you without you going off, you probably have a bad emotional intelligence. And you're probably an orphan thinker. Because an orphan always has to prove I'm right. And if you don't believe me, I'll beat it into you. No, I'm serious. I'll, I'll, I'll fight you. That's why an anger spirit is one of the top things for an orphan. I'll fight you. I may not fight you with this, but I'll fight you with this. Or I'll be, I'll be a keyboard commando on Facebook. An unmask. I fight people from Facebook. Yeah, I talk bad about people. From Facebook. It's like yesterday we were leaving the LSU game and some LSU fans had rented this house down the street and they were standing on top of the second deck of the, of the house they rented. A whole bunch of LSU fans cussing, screaming, hollering, at, at, and it was the main thoroughfare where Alabama fans had to go back to their car. Screaming, F this, this, that, this, that, you're this, you're that. And all I could think about was you're on the second floor. You big coward. Come down here and say that to my face. I will lay hands on you. I will then repent, and I may have a prison ministry. But it's real easy to talk about folks behind your, behind your computer or phone. It's easy to talk about the pastor. It's easy to come say it to my face. It's real easy to talk about leaders and your boss and, and, and do ghosting type stuff. You know, ghosting messages that you kind of don't name the person at school, at Hillcrest High School, but they know I'm talking about them. You're a coward. And the last time I checked, the Bible lists coward as one person that won't go to heaven. It's in the Bible. It says cowards will not enter into heaven, will not inherit the kingdom. It's time we take the mask off. It's time we say, you know what, Pastor? I'm done with orphan. No more. I'm expecting 2020. How about let's not get right January 1st? How about let's do it the 1st of November? How about let's get a head start on the devil? How about let's get healthy spirit, soul, and body November, not January? Come on, amen. How about we forgive people now? Not when we eat casserole together. Let's forgive people now before we go to the family Christmas thing. Let's forgive people now before we give them a Christmas present at the office party. And we get a head start at the 2020. Would you stand with me? Did you get something out of this?